Hey, I'm your host Kayla, and this is Our Time to Find Our Peace. Today's special guest is me. I want to switch things up for this episode and help you guys get to know a little bit more about me and how I struggle from the same things you all do. For me personally, I grew up in a small suburban area that didn't have many Black people. And so during my whole time in elementary, I was the only Black girl until fourth grade. And I didn't have a problem with it. I didn't see color. I just saw these are my friends. These are my classmates. But it wasn't until I reached middle school where I realized not everyone thinks the same as me because the moment I entered middle school, there were so many more black kids in the school and I wanted to make friends with people who looked like me. And they did not want that. They bullied me for the way I dressed, the way I talked. They called me an Oreo, black on the outside, white on the inside. And what made things worse was I had moved fifth grade to Canada. And then we moved back to Florida for middle school and all my old friends had new friends. So it was even harder for me to make friends because all my old friends had moved on. And even the white kids wouldn't let me sit with them anymore, I guess, I don't know, because there's more black kids at the school that's like now too many. I don't know. But um, yeah, I really didn't fit in anywhere. And I was bullied all throughout middle school. And it was very hard for me because I treated people with kindness all the time. And I just I just wanted to be accepted. That was all. I just wanted to be accepted and to have friends and just hang out. Eventually, I found my crowd after like two years. <laughs> But I found the people that were meant for me, the people who didn't see my color. They saw my personality. They saw my character. It didn't matter what I looked like. Besides bullying in my life, I have dealt with abandonment and verbal abuse from my father. My father was in my life at a younger age, but he disappeared, poof, (laughs) as I got older. And I wanted a connection with him. So I reached out to him and I told my mom and she she never stopped me from seeing him. Nothing like that. She was always encouraging. She never talked ill about him. And there was a time when I was younger, I had hung out with my father and he treated me like I was his princess. And we got gifts for my mom because Mother's Day was coming up. And I just felt so... At first, it was a little strange to me because I'd never had this type of attention before, but I was starting to get used to it. He was at the mall and he was telling people, this is my daughter. This is my daughter. She's so beautiful. And I don't know what happened, but I think either a week later, he called and I'm on the phone and I don't know what happened, but we get an argument and he's like, oh, he was there. Da, 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 da. And I'm just like, you weren't there. Like, why couldn't you have been there for me more? And he's like, you know, you don't need to raise your tone at me, young lady. You're being so disrespectful. Oh, my goodness. Uh, you're such a disgrace. I'm so disappointed in you. And I was like hurt so much because one you weren't in my life. And two, you finally get in my life and then you say that to me. I was hurt and my mom saw it in my face and I passed her the phone and she talked to him and I didn't speak to him 
I hadn't talked to him for four years until my mom took me to this little um, event where it was about empowering women and about your health and you know making sure you heal yourself and me at like 12 years old (laughs) it's like you know what okay I later that night I decided to text my father and I told him I just wanted to say happy new years to you and that I know we haven't talked in a while but I just want to say I'm sorry if I was rude in any way and I hope that we can work this out and I can see you soon. A 12-year-old being the bigger person. It's crazy. He texts back saying, of course, of course. So we get involved again. You know, he takes me out. We are texting. We don't hang out that much because he's always busy. And then uh, I reached high school and things were good. I have a half-sister and she came to visit with him. She was more forgiving to him than I ever was which her her own story she you would think she wouldn't have been but she was and so we were all hanging out like all three of us as a family and then I don't know what happened but me and him are on the phone and I finally decide to tell him how I feel and I tell him like I just honestly feel like you weren't there for me as a child Like, I never saw you, and I don't understand why all these other girls had their dads growing up. And I always went to school without a father, and I felt like no one loved me, and like, you don't care about me, and like, I don't matter. And then he was like, what do you mean? I was there for you. I was there, blah, 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 blah. I was there. I, I paid child support. That's is when I realized I was talking to a brick wall because how are you going to say paying child support money to provide for your child is being there for your child presence and materialistic are two different things after he said that i was just crying and crying i I started i got so mad and i just started yelling and i was like that that's money that's not real you weren't there and he was just like yes i was my goodness you're being so disrespectful i can't talk to you and i'm just like you weren't there like you don't understand and then he's like listen i calm down and then he just keeps talking and my mom was sleeping this whole time and she wakes up and she comes in and she's like what is going on she's like give me the phone she takes the phone and she talks to him she was like do not yell at her because you know what you did and i was just I was so hurt and I just felt so unwanted. It was a very low point in my life where I just felt like I will never be enough. I never was enough. Yeah. Anyways, when it comes to my father, I have slowly gotten better, but it is still a sore topic for me because, I mean, he's my father, of course. Hopefully one day I can heal fully from him and that he can heal himself because his father wasn't in his life. And I hope that he can find the help that he needs for himself. And that's the story with my father, the pain that I've gone through with him. Now I'm going to even a worse topic, trigger warning, sexual assault. And I have dealt with sexual molestation since I was a child. I was touched by a family friend's son and daughter. The daughter was the oldest and she babysat me and my god sister. And she asked to play a game. We were all 
young and we're like, yeah, yeah, happy. That was play game. I'm the first person to play the game. And immediately I was like, are we done? And she said, yeah. And I got up and my God, she was like, go call your God sister. And I get up and I go to my God sister and I say, let's play a different game. I don't want to play this game anymore. And she looks so sad. And I'm just like, let's just, let's just watch TV. I didn't want anything to happen to her. It's like you're a child, but you know something's wrong. You can feel it, even if you don't know the definition of it. <laughs> yeah. And then the son. The son, I saw him as like the big brother I never had. And he had, they all had a little brother and he would always stay away from me. And I would always bother him because I always wanted to be his friend, but he would always push me away. So I ended up getting closer with the older brother who I saw as a big brother. And I don't know if he was going through some things at home, what was being done to him, but he was way older and I feel like he still knew better than me an eight-year-old child and he did things to me and he would touch me and for the longest time all my life i thought it was a nightmare i kept lying to myself saying this never happened and i would go to sleep and i would imagine this or i would be daydreaming in school and it would just pop in my head and i'd be like what is wrong with me like what that never happened why is that why is why is this like why am i thinking about this it wasn't until I was in high school and I was 16, eight years for me to realize that I am not dreaming. This is not a nightmare. This is real. And this happened. And I felt so disgusted in myself. And I felt like no one would believe me because I was so young. And because for the longest time, I didn't believe myself. If I didn't believe me, who would believe me? I had a counseling group at school and everybody was telling their stories and one day I just felt like it was time and I went home and I was just crying all day in my room. My mom was home and I just ran outside to her because I couldn't take it anymore and I was having a panic attack and I was just crying in her arms and I told her and she was so mad but she wasn't mad at me. She was mad at the fact that this happened in her household to her daughter and she knew nothing about it. She felt like she had failed me when that whole time I was worried that it was my fault and that I was the one in the wrong and that I had failed her. We talked for a long time and she just held me and tried to just comfort and be there for me. And that was, that was the thing that I needed at that moment. I eventually told him when I reached my senior year, I confronted him and I told him I knew everything and I remembered everything that he did to me. And I told him that for the longest I felt like it was my fault. And he immediately said, no, it's not your fault. Something was wrong with me. He said that something was wrong with him and it was stupid and he didn't know why he was doing that. I feel like at least knowing what you did and knowing you were in the wrong, yeah, that's good, but a part of me is still like, you were stupid. You were just so stupid. You continuously touched me and made me feel like I am disgusting and worthless and nothing. But I, I just took some time for myself and tried to breathe and heal my wounds, heal the scars all over my body. And it takes time. I mean, it's still taking time for me for some things, but it does slowly get better. You don't forget. I don't think we'll ever forget, but it does, it does get better because you change and you get better and you see life differently and you meet new people who 
are nothing like those in your past and better and kind and honest and real who actually care about you and want the best for you. You meet new people. People change people. It can be for the good and it can be for the bad, but people change people. I hope that me talking about my own traumas has helped y'all relate a little bit more to me. But I would just like to say that no matter what happens, you are strong, you are beautiful, you are handsome, and you're better than those people in your past. If they knew the you now, they would get nowhere near you. Nowhere. I'm proud of you, and you should be proud of yourself. I hope this episode helped you all to know even me, the host, is human and has trauma and has gone through so much pain, but I don't let it define who I am today. I don't let the pain overcome me. You all are stronger than you know, and I hope you keep fighting because it's worth it. Your life is worth it. This is the last of our time to find our peace. I'm your host, Kayula, and I hope you have a wonderful day.